This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. I'm Bill Pollack. Mizzou is in the NCAA tournament playing Utah State at 1240. We'll talk about that. Top destinations in Missouri to take your kids this summer that won't bore adults. Republican Representative Kent Hayden calls it a health crisis, a shortage of mental health, public health, and health care workers across the state. His idea, being considered in the Missouri House, is to offer forgivable loans to pay off student debt. He explains his sponsored bill to Anthony Moribeth. The bill that we have is was a bill that I was asked to carry by the Department of Health, and it relates to repayment of loans for medical professionals. And if you look at the bill, there were some, always when we have a bill, you look at what are your strikeouts and what are from a, the previous language and what's your additions. And the Department of Health looked at it, and, and in the past it had been mainly a, a loan repayment that involved doctors, uh, osteo- MDs, osteopaths, and dentists. And uh, basically they, they wanted to widen that scope to include all healthcare professionals. Uh, we, have a current, we have a current catastrophe in our healthcare in Missouri. We're all the counties in Missouri, we have three counties in Missouri that are considered adequate. That's Platt on health care. That's Platt, uh, Jackson, part of Jackson, and part of St. Louis County. The rest of the state is considered uh, health care shortage areas, and they range from maybe a little short to very, very, very short and catastrophic. So this bill is to provide repayment, uh, sets up schedules, and how health care professionals could get loans repaid for their education. The idea that unless you live in a Kansas City or a St. Louis or Jefferson City or Springfield or Columbia, uh, it's going to be hard to get, uh, I guess, what you would consider good health care or adequate health care if you live in a considerably smaller part of the state. Well, in in reality, uh, again, I'm from Mexico, an area that... uh, Two local hospitals I had in my district, Mexico and Fulton. Fulton was at the very, I was about two miles from, uh, Fulton's about two miles out of my district. So one company went broke and both are closed their doors in March. It took an area that was, had very vibrant health community. And we're now sitting in a, what I call a healthcare desert for service. And if you talk statewide, try to get an appointment, uh, for a physical just a physical. We're talking about two to three months. And you may be able to get it with a, a, a nurse practitioner that works for a physician quicker than that. But then the last time I tried, that was three weeks to a month. So we're already in a, in a situation I consider that we have health care rationing. You know, unless you're, you know, that, these quick MediQuick facilities they're running full tilt because people just if if you have a common cold or something you can't get in to your physician it's becoming much 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 more acute now covid it played a role you know it took a lot of a it it did a job on all our health care by overstressing uh both mentally and physically uh, and health wise uh a lot of the health care professionals are caring for us whether you're a nurse uh, you know, traveling nurses got to be such a thing. A lot of people left floor nurses or other nurses' job and traveled around the country because they were making uh, two times or more of what they normally make. And then that put pressure that there wasn't anybody to teach if we had nursing students. So we had a 
teaching shortage, nursing teaching shortage. So we didn't have new nurses in. And a lot of the nurses, you know, it's a very, floor nurses particularly, it's a very, very physical. Uh, a lot of people just between the risk of COVID and the and the the labor fatigue problem, they just wore out and said, I'm through. Does this program exist? And if it doesn't currently exist, how does a project like this get administered? How would it uh, roll out, if you will? It currently exists in a form, and, and the health department, Missouri Health Department, supervises the program. And basically, it's set up where they will repay uh, existing loans that existing loans that people in healthcare currently have. And what it does is says if you will serve in a high need area, then we will we will uh, reduce this loan and be in loan forgiveness. And people say, well why don't you give it to students as they're going through? And one of the reasons is is that if you give it after they're out, you already know they have the degree, they have the debt, and they understand I'm willing to do that. Sometimes if you give it to students uh, as they're going through, then they decide to change their mind or they get out and they have a, another opportunity that is a higher deal. And, and you don't get you don't get the effect you have after loan repayment as these are set up. But it is existing. This what did change, though, it did expand it from really from particularly physicians and dentists to include nursing, to include mental health, to include public health. Public health, we showed it got highly stressed due to the pandemic. So so all of those are now areas that would be capable to get repayment loans. And that was one of the things the department was doing, trying to, and they also changed some of the criteria, what is a high need, where that's a little bit more selective that they can make. There's a federal designation of high need, but sometimes there are special circumstances in Missouri that that may not the federal may not quite match our true high need. Under this proposed bill, it looks like you're going to be focusing on parts of the state that are identified as areas of need, uh, impoverished areas, possibly rural areas. Um, how would that factor in with, say, situations like opportunities, uh, employment? payment, things like that, and how would that compare to, dare I say, places like Casey or St. Louis? You're exactly right. There are some areas of the state that are so critically short, and they may not be the first areas of the state that a, a new graduate might want to go to. Or uh, I also had accompanying uh, legislation on veterinarians, which being a veterinarian, I understood that sometimes you have a desire that you'd like to go to a high need area or a rural area which all virtually all the rural areas are in high need. But because of your debt load, you know, academics has went up at a much higher rate than inflation rate. Uh, so sometimes you have the want, the desire, and you just can't service your debt going back to your hometown or going back to uh, a really high need area that could be could even be inner city. Uh, some of those are high need and, and some of those are high need not because of miles to a hospital but just the ability to get there uh, let's talk a little bit and let's close on a potential opposition to this bill now I, I did not watch the committee when this bill was presented but i would assume that someone opposed to this bill no sooner did they hear the term forgiven 
or loan repayment, they immediately, I'm opposed, I don't want this to be approved. Uh, is that uh, some of the opposition you've heard? Yes. And, you know, I'm a free market person. A lot of people say, well, let the free market take care of this and we won't have this problem. The only problem is the medical system is not, unfortunately, I wish it was, is not a free market system. It's a very, because of Medicare, Medicaid, regulate the number of residencies are, which effectively regulates the number of new physicians we have. Uh, you know, so much of it is with Medicaid as government payments. Uh, it's not a free market system. And everybody said, well, it ought to be a free market system. I'm. I would agree. We could probably reduce our cost if it's free market. And as an example, you know, uh, one of the highest pieces of our medical bills right now is the insurance part. Well, you know, why is that? Well, because we don't want people to cheat the government. We're costing ourselves maybe more money than we let everybody cheat the government. You know, and so uh, you know the the computer parts of hospitals and all that is such a high part because we don't want people to cheat the government. And yet that's rapidly developed to 25, 30% of our medical medical bills is the computers to keep track of that. So that's one of the issues is that we're trying. And most of the opposition was somebody who felt it was and the question, is this government's role? And, it was brought up, well, other businesses have to compete for jobs all the time now. Uh, workers are in short supply. Why, why are we specializing in this? And I said, well, you know, in reality, if you have a sick workforce or a workforce that due to health conditions can't show up, that makes that problem a lot worse. So it is a complex issue. There is a question, is this government's function? I think it is. And should we be directing them to high-need areas? I think this is probably also a function because uh, in my area, I can tell you, when you lose health care, people who want to move businesses there, uh, you have people who live there and say, at my age, do I need to get closer to health care than I am right now? Is this a place I can retire safely or comfortably? All those get to be issues. And yes, it it's a difficult issue. And no, it's not a free market. I wish it was, but it is not free market at all. And uh, most most of the committee did agree with that, and uh, I'm pretty comfortable to get out of the committee. And it's called House Bill 542. You can keep up with the latest on that piece of legislation at house.mo.gov. This is Show Me Today, Voice of Missouri. I see you finally got a new helmet. I did. Bought it cheap online. <laughs> <laughs> Follow me. We'll turn off here. I'm right behind you. Watch the cars. They can be crazy. Patty! No! Are you okay? Somebody do something! Was this young man hit by a car? Yes, and his helmet is smashed. It's a brand new helmet. It's probably a fake. Fakes cause real harm. You're smart. Buy smart. Brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. I drive my bus in a busy city. That's why road safety is so important to me. I know that I must slow down and be extra careful when I make a wide turn. Buses need more room than cars. Everyone can help keep our roads safe. Next time you're driving, remember to give buses plenty of time and space to finish turning before driving ahead. Let's all plan to share the road safely. Learn how at www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. 
I've been driving trucks for a long time. Safety is my number one priority. I know that my truck has huge blind spots. That's why I remember to check my mirrors often for smaller vehicles. Everyone can help keep our roads safe. Next time you're behind the wheel, try to avoid lingering in those blind spots. It can be dangerous. Let's all plan to share the road safely. Learn how at www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. The first three years of every child's life are critical. Learn more about early intervention. How your baby or toddler plays, learns, talks, acts, and moves give important clues as to how they are developing. If you have any questions or concerns about whether your baby or toddler's development is on track, please call 1-800-515-BABY. That's 1-800-515-2229. Call 1-800-515-BABY. That's 1-800-515-2229. Do you worry about how much someone drinks? Do you feel angry or depressed most of the time? Do you feel neglected or unloved? Do you feel that if the drinker loved you, she or he would stop drinking? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you are not alone. Not everyone trapped by alcohol is an alcoholic. Families and friends are suffering too. Al-Anon and Alateen can help. Call 1-866-200-0223 or visit alanon.org slash help. The United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and the largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. The USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal agencies with free safety equipment donations and officer survival training along with cash donations to families of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty, college scholarships for the children of law enforcement, a citizen awareness program, and more. For more information on the USDSA and how you can help, visit usdeputy.org. We return to Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. I'm Bill Pollock. As the springtime gets here and the weather warms up, uh, the kids start getting that spring fever. You want to get them out of the house and do something fun. Uh, and as my next guest, Sandy Selby, the editor-in-chief uh, at Missouri Life, uh, just told me, uh, fun things to do without boring the parents. And that is a great, that is a key fact, Sandy. That is that is number one. You don't want to be bored as a parent. I've, I've been through those yeah. events. You don't. And so when we put this list together, we had a few criteria. First of all, you know, it absolutely had to be fun and entertaining for kids. Um, but we also want it to be interesting for parents, and we wanted it to be affordable because, you know, as soon as you pile the kids in a car and you're looking at gas and you're looking at food, um, you know, we wanted the admission prices to be affordable on these things. So you could make a, a weekend trip or a week-long trip and – you know, not not bust the budget. Yeah. All right. So we'll go through some of these. And uh, this is in no random order, so I'm not ranking these. So I don't want you to get upset if uh, something finishes, uh, as it would appear, higher than something else. This is just uh, random takes um, that you and your family can do. And we'll start with one that I do love to go to uh, because I love the penguins. That's my first uh, venture when we go there, <laughs> the St. Louis Zoo. What a great place. It really is. I mean, we've got a special zoo here in the state. And um, and the fact that, that it's free admission is incredible. So, yeah, the, the, the things you can see and learn about and experience there uh, really is, is not paralleled. And, and what a great way to, to spend a day with your kids. And we've had the St. Louis Zoo on Show Me Today before. Anytime they have a uh, a little baby, uh, we we talk about that. And so, yeah, they're always fun. And then we had the, the penguin. And I'm trying to – I'm drawing a blank on his name, Sandy. He uh, needed – 
actual shoe. They made shoes for him because he was having trouble walking, and it was something with an E. Oh, it wasn't Emilio. It's going to come to me. But, yeah, anyway, they just uh, they do fascinating stuff, fun stuff. What do you like at the St. Louis Zoo? What's your favorite stop? Mm, well, I I really like the, the polar bears a lot. Um, they just are so entertaining. Yeah. You know, they're, they're little goofballs or big goofballs. But, um, uh, but yeah, I kind of I kind of enjoy that. But, honestly, every time I go, I see something new and oh this is my favorite and this is my favorite and um so you really can't go wrong and and you never know what the animals are going to do or what you're going to see so every time it's a new experience sandy selby the editor-in-chief with missouri life magazine they've come up with a list of fun things that uh, you can do with the kids and you won't get bored uh and we've talked about this before on the show as well elephant rocks state park yeah yeah speaking of, of elephants yeah um yeah, I mean, what a, I haven't been there in a long, long time, but I remember going when I was younger, um, just this natural feature that's here in our state. It's incredible. The, the scale of those stones is just so massive. You, you really have to see it to, to get a sense. And, um, we are so fortunate in the state to have so many amazing state parks and this is right up there yeah and this fits in with the whole kid parent thing because the kids get to crawl on these rocks and then the parents i think probably appreciate more that these are billion year old boulders uh that look like uh pinkish elephants and it's just amazing the age of those yeah it's just it blows your mind and as a bonus, you, you wear the kids out, so they're tired and they go to sleep early. That's right. Yeah, the, the drive home is certainly quiet, that's for sure. Um, and then Warm Springs, we're staying on the uh, animal theme here, uh, Warm Springs Ranch uh, and the Budweiser Clydesdales. Now, there's one of my favorite places, and it's pretty close to where I am, so I've been a few times. Um, if if there's such a thing as reincarnation, when I'm reincarnated, I want to be a Clydesdale that lives on that ranch. Um it is an amazing place, and if people haven't been, they, they need to go. These are gorgeous creatures, and, and the facility itself is state-of-the-art. Um, it's it's so fun to get up close and personal with these giant horses, um, and but yet they are so gentle, and you can pet them, and um, and the, the caretakers are very knowledgeable and, and share a lot of information that you didn't know about how these horses work and the hitches and the breeding program they have and, and the Budweiser Clydesdale and, and what, what the kind of um, standards are. So not every Clydesdale can make a cut because they have to look a certain way and be a certain height. Um, so really a fascinating place to visit. And when you think of the Clydesdales, you, I, at least I do initially, you think St. Louis, but Warm Springs Ranch is in Boonville. So right in the middle of the state. It is, um, and so any time that there is, I mean, this is mainly their breeding facility. Although, um, if there are traveling teams that come through, they'll stop there and rest and get um, get checked out. Uh, but this is where the babies are born, and so a lot of times when you visit Warm Springs Ranch, you will see a foal that is not very old and um, and a loving mother, and that's just especially cool. Yeah, before they were stars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sandy Selby is the editor in chief with Missouri Life magazine. And when you think sports, springtime, opening day, baseball, obviously we have uh, two major league teams here the St. Louis Cardinals, the Kansas City Royals. But you can also see 
before they were stars, or at least stars that are on the rehab, and taking a trip to see the Springfield Cardinals is always a, a joy. Absolutely. I've never gotten gotten to go there, but I want to because there is just nothing better than a minor league ball game. Um, you know, you, you see the game, you're you're closer than you would be if you go to the major league games. But beyond that, they they just do the promotions. They make it such fun for for adults and for kids. And you're right, you're probably going to see some people uh, on their way up or or you know going through a rehab. You may see a, a you know current day absolute superstar playing in Springfield as they rehab from an injury. So you never know, but what a what a great way to spend a, a summer evening. Yeah, and you know, and I think for Cardinals uh, fans, I, I think it's a, a bonus and an advantage because many major league teams will have their double A and triple A teams like you know the Memphis Redbirds, for example, but they'll be out of state and they'll be hours of way, states away. And to have the double A affiliate for the Cardinals in this state, you do kind of get to know the players a, a little bit better. And uh, when they rehab, they normally start at double A. So yeah, there's always a chance you can go and see a, a major leaguer that's getting in a little bit of work uh, as they heal. So that's it's a really uh, good bonus. Here for people in the state of Missouri. Yeah. <clears throat> well, let's say, Stan- Sandy, in um, St. Louis, we got a few more minutes. Um, yeah. I I haven't been there in such a long time, and I'd, I'd love to go back just for myself without the kids, just to walk around, but th- I don't know if that'd be kind of a creeper-looking type of thing, but City Museum in St. Louis. What a, <laughs> what a neat place. Uh, what a weird place, and, and great. I, I mean, it is fun, and I don't know what minds conceived of this, but it is just Every place you look, there is something interesting to do. There's a lot of 10-story slide that goes through the whole building. There's a school bus on the roof. There's just every kind of imaginative play that you can imagine. But, yeah, you're right. It is fun for adults um, and kids to be able to to see all this and and experience it. And it's just uh, kind of one of those things that's really hard to describe. You you have to go and see and, um, you know, you just won't believe what kind of it, – it's like the best um, play place you have ever, ever seen. It is, yeah, it is, and that's why I think it appeals to adults too. But what I what I like about it is, no matter the age of kids you have, if you've got some younger kids and some older kids, they there's something for every age group there too. There is, yeah, yeah absolutely, and it's you know safe and and they're you know confined in the space, so you know you don't have to worry about them wandering off. But um, yeah, it's. Um, it's pretty incredible what they have put together there, and uh, I think everyone should should check it out. But you're right; if you just go there as a lone adult, you may feel a little, little odd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd rent some kids or something. So <clears throat> I don't yeah, have, I don't have great right. kids yet. Yeah, my kids are too old, so yeah, that won't work. But uh, yeah, I'll be there again soon sometime. Um, this is a place I'm not familiar with. Uh, but I'm looking at the pictures on MissouriLife.com. Uh, Mingo National Wildlife Refuge. You know, that is just a, an incredibly special place. 21,000 acres, and it's it's swampland, and um, you've got some animals that you might not necessarily see, uh, but there's plenty of areas where you can hike and bike and camp and canoe and um, and go fishing and, and travel on the auto tour and go around. But, um, but they've got 
bobcat there and, and beaver and deer and turkey and, and all sorts of migratory birds. So if you really just want you know, to take the kids back to nature, let them see what untamed uh, land looks like, that's a great place to go explore. It, it almost doesn't look like Missouri. I mean, it looks like a different place. Right, yeah. right. That's what's incredible about these different areas that we have in the state. We've got such diversity in our ecology, and, and this, you know, it's down in the, close to the boot heel, and it's just a different uh, landscape than you might be used to if you're from a different part of the state. All right, well, let's go from the boot heel uh, up to the northwest part of the state, the Pony Express National Museum uh, in St. Joseph. I mean, this is cool. This is a part of history. And I mean, listen, before email and all that, you young kids, uh, we used to joke when uh, it took forever for somebody to send something like, what'd you do? Send it Pony Express. But the museum is here in Missouri. Yeah. And what's incredible, the Pony Express really only lasted, it was really less than two years, but it has become such a um, iconic part of our history and the settlement of the West and what a what a job. I mean, it was a dangerous job, but these young men would just get on these horses, they would ride fast, they would get the get the mail to where it was going, um, across this untamed countryside and um so it is a, a fascinating story and they tell it so well up there at the Pony Express National Museum. You know, what's amazing, too, is I hear you tell this story, Sandy. Uh, just a few days ago, we had on the show uh, a seventh cousin of Kit Carson, and uh, uh, Pat Carson was talking about the Santa Fe Trail. Which started, I mean, there were a lot of things with the expansion out west that started in Missouri. Missouri was the, the leaping point for so many of these Absolutely. Yeah, famous landmarks and, uh, and historic uh, pieces of uh, American history. So, yeah, there's some great things to see. Well, Sandy, thank yeah. you so much. Missouri Life Magazine, MissouriLife.com. Uh, check out uh, this article and much more if you're looking for things to do this spring and summer. Sandy Selby, the editor-in-chief, always great to talk with you. Uh, and the folks at Missouri Life, we appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. Meet Ed, movie buff, animal lover, safe driver. Five years of driving an ambulance teaches you a thing or two. If people knew what I know, lives could be saved. When I see a car trying to rush past the turning bus, I get concerned. You see, when big vehicles turn right, they have to swing wide to make the turn. And that's a lesson you don't want to learn the hard way. When trucks and buses turn, let's you and I wait. It's, it's our roads. It's, it's our safety. safety. Visit www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. If you're talking, they will hear you Why are we getting killed like this? Kyle's not here. Got caught drinking beer in the park a couple of nights ago. Really? Yeah. Zero tolerance. He's out for the season. Harsh. Hey, he knew not to drink. We've made that clear to all of our kids, right? Uh, no, not really. Bill, if we don't tell them what we expect and why they shouldn't drink, how are they going to know? Talk. They hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. You try all the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. 
Hi, it's Tori DeVito. In every family, small conversations can make a big impact. Like when my dad shared his experiences as an alcoholic. Your honesty about that part of your life gave me a sense of integrity that I wanted to uphold in my own life. I wanted you to know from someone who's been in recovery more than 30 years now that hard work is what creates success, not alcohol or other drugs. I said it a lot, and I'm glad you took it to heart. Talk. They hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control, and priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth. And many kids also use other drugs, like marijuana, in vaping devices. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping, because when you talk, they hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Email from school about the incident today. Scary. Tell me about it. Did you have any idea that was going on? None. I mean, you saw Derek at the game last night, too. Did you have a clue? No, but you know, teachers like me, parents, we don't always know as much as you guys do. Kids hear first about what's going on with other kids. Half the time, it's rumors. It can be hard to tell sometimes, but if you have a concern about a friend who's having trouble with alcohol, prescription drugs, bullying, violence, anything, you need to tell an adult. Mom or me, a teacher, coach, school counselor, someone you know and trust. Dad, no kid is going to tell an adult about that kind of stuff. I get it, but if we don't know, we can't help. Speaking up about a problem, that's what helping a friend is all about. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Back on Show Me Today, Missouri has been dealing with a workforce shortage and lack of access to child care as part of the problem. A Missouri bill would give tax credits to expand the state's child care options. Elisa Nelson is with the bill's sponsor, State Representative Brenda Shields of St. Joe. We do have a child care crisis in our state. Um, we really lack affordable, reliable, and quality care, which has really had an impact on our workforce. So we've um, come up with, a we hope, what might be a solution to some of the issues, um, and that is our um, our child care package, in which it includes three um, tax credits that can be used in different ways. It, what it will really do is allow communities to work together to determine what works best for their business. And what I like best about these child care tax credits is I believe it's a really innovative approach because it has business, government, and parents will all participate in the cost of care, which will make it affordable for families, um, stable for child care providers, and will create a reliable workforce. So the child care tax credits, um, there are three tax credits in House Bill 870. The first one is a child care contribution tax credit. The second one is an employer-provided um, child care assistance tax credit. 
and the last is a child care provider tax credit. There are some very similar between these tax credits that I think I'll share first so that everyone can kind of have a, a base on how we're trying to address child care in our state. First of all, each of these tax credits will be capped at $20 million each year. And if that amount is authorized, we'll be willing to increase um, those tax credits by 15%, but that additional 15% will have to be used in a child care desert. And that is really defined by there's th um, three times as many children um, living in an area than there is child care. And, you know, before the pandemic, 51% of all families in the state of Missouri lived in a child care desert. These tax credits, they can be carried back one year and carried forward three years, and all these tax credits will have a sunset of six years, so we can really see if they've been effective. So the first one is a child care contribution tax credit, which will allow businesses to contribute to a child care and receive a 75% um, child care tax credit. Um, we really hope that this will um, increase the amount of slots. We're really looking on how can we grow the amount of slots that we have in child care. Um, in return, a business can say to a child care facility, you know, if, if I give you this amount of tax credit, I'd like to really kind of have a certain guaranteed amount of slots in your facility because we have found out that, that many of our employers say, in fact, like 48% said that a barrier for them to be able to hire employees was their, their potential employees saying that they had a lack of um, child care for them to be able to come to work. So this allows businesses to contribute to that. Um, they cannot contribute, um, they can't receive a tax credit for any more than $200,000 for this contribution. The next one is an employer-provided child care assistance tax credit. This one is a um, tax credit for eligible child care assistant expenditures. So, for example, if um, a company wanted to set up a cafeteria plan for their employees to contribute to, the, um, the employer can contribute and they can receive a 30% child care tax credit back. I, so, I think that that is really much of an, an it really incentivizes businesses to be engaged in trying to help their employees be able to fund their child care. Once again, there's a limit of $200,000 for that tax credit for any business, but, but any business, small and large, can participate in this. If you're a business of three employees and you want to provide a cafeteria plan for your employees to be able to have reliable and affordable child care in their area, they can participate as well. And um, the last one is a child care provider's um, tax credit. And this one is really innovative because it allows um, the child care to be able to invest in themselves and they can receive a 30% tax credit for anything that they put towards their business that is um, $200,000 that has to do with supplies, um, building out a child care facility for themselves. But they can also um, keep the withholding tax of their employees so that we hope that they will reinvest that withholding tax back, in, back into their employees' um, salaries. Because we know that not only do we have a workforce issue in our state for all of our employers, but we have a really workforce issue within our side of our child cares because our salaries are so low in our child cares because it's really all that parents can afford. So if the businesses and the governments participate in child care, we hopefully can raise the salaries within our child care and keep it affordable for our parents. State Representative Brenda Shields of St. Joe. Representative, do you know roughly like the average pay for child care workers is 
in Missouri? I do not have that exact amount with me, but the but I think right now the the average um, worker in the child care arena makes around twelve dollars an hour. Wow, that that would sure be nice if they could uh, use some of the withholding tax to reinvest in their workers. So would it be twenty million per? tax credit uh, layer there that you, could you say yes. there were three? Yes, there are three tax credits. Each one is capped at 20 million, but if all 20 million is authorized, they can each be increased by 15%. But the 15% has to be spent in a childcare desert. And then you had said, when is the expiration on uh, the, the tax credits if this goes through? There's a six year sunset on each one of these programs. So they could either the legislature could let them run out, or they could, or they could, they, re, they, they could, they could reauthorize them. So right. my hope is that they will be incredibly successful, and that the legislature will then, even before the six years is up, reauthorize them um, for eternity. Um, but but we will see. I will probably no longer be in the legislature in that um, six year time frame. But we always know that everything that we create, it might need some tweaking along the way. And I am sure that myself or there will be others, if I am term limited out, they'll be willing to help tweak these um, tax credits in this work so that we can make them the most efficient for the state of Missouri. This was in committee recently, right? Correct. It was in committee last Tuesday. Talk about, did you hear any opposing arguments whatsoever on this bill? No, I have to say it was incredibly exciting when it was time for public testimony that all the testimony that came forward was all positive. And that um, positive testimony came from the business community. It came from the community in which is really passionate about care for children. Um, it came from educators. It was a broad range of support. There was not one single person that testified in opposition of this language. And, and all, there was at least 20 people that testified in favor. And why I think that's so exciting is I think that everyone now finally realizes the importance of affordable, reliable, and quality child care. Because 90% of a child's brain is developed before the age of five. And if we don't spend our dollars and our time making sure that our children that are in care, that it's quality care, there there's no amount of reading remediation that we can spend in the future that'll take place in those first five years. Speaking of quality care, okay, so is there like a structure that would be set up here to ensure that these tax credits are going to to places who provide adequate child care? Yes, that would all land in our Office of um, of Childhood and the Department of DESE, yes. I guess the only real question I thought or topic that I thought might come up arguing, is this something we can afford? You had talked a little bit about um, how this can help our our economy. Do you think this is something we can afford still? I absolutely think it's something that we can afford because if we choose not to afford it, I think we'll continue to have our workforce issues and that Missouri's economy will not grow. My hope and dreams is that we really attract more businesses to the state of Missouri because we will have this very innovative approach to child care and we'll be able to say to businesses, you can come to Missouri because we have a very efficient and effective and quality child care system in which your employees will have someone to care for their children. And I think that's the real key. This is all driven by a workforce issue, the workforce for today, but it's also the workforce of the future. Because if we re- if we provide quality 
quality, reliable, affordable care for our families of today. It will only pay benefits and, and dividends for us in the future. That's State Representative Brenda Shields of St. Joe. Show me today. Show me today.